1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. All thanks to McDonald's Mackers, together
0: and loving it TNCs apply Day or night, summer or winter He's the sound of sport in Aotearoa This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ
3: Moreno, New Zealand, Melbourne Cup Day, good God, it's my favourite day of the year, it beats Christmas hands down, I just absolutely love it, so uh, I'm in the mood, I'm in the mood, and to add to the mood, I've got Andrew Bensley, who knows more about racing in Australia than Andrew Bensley, well if there is anyone, I'd have them on, but no one does, so I've got Andrew Bensley, Uh, Phil Tatarangi, he's coming in at his 9.30 slot this morning, Uh, Because we want to talk some golf. Danny Lee got a big paycheck. wonder if he's taking a trifecta today. Uh, The man who should be in the Rugby Hall of Fame for breeding three all-black brothers. Kevin Smiley Barrett is with us. He should be in that Hall of Fame. Lavina Good and Mark Hinton with their uh, Melbourne Cup tips and some other goss as well. Louis Herman Watt, some uh, really late Melbourne Cup information. Paul Mawati from the TAB. And (laughs) Racing God in New Zealand. Racing God in New Zealand just after 11 o'clock. Butch Castles, Butcher Andrew Castles, just after 11 o'clock. And our Mount Rushmore this morning will be about the Melbourne Cup too. Surprise, surprise.
2: Sport is our religion. And
0: here is Smithy Sermon.
3: Well, since the day Archer won the Melbourne Cup back in 1861, it has been, as they say, the race that stops a nation. And probably for around the last 60 years, it's the race that has stopped two nations. Sadly now... COVID has pretty much done that too. 10,000 lucky ones will get to Fabulous Fleming this afternoon, 10% of the normal crowd. They'll do their best under life's new rules to ramp it up, to justify their attendance, to justify the occasion. There'll be suits and ties, fascinators and finery, and masks aplenty. Fun and profit will be the order of the day. The Fumple lit Police will give their orders and issue their limits. Remember the office sweeps, the Calcuttas, the crowding round the transistors, or if you're lucky, the lone telly. The racing home from school or taking the day off work to catch the spectacle and watch some equine history. The blokes would do the study, the form, the distance, the jockey, the trainer, the going. The ladies would prefer the pretty colors and the names. The ladies, more often than not, pick the winners. For many, it was their only wager of the year, their only gamble, but it was worth it. And whilst there'll be little pockets of pleasure, it won't be the same, the glory days are on hold. Christchurch people may feel just a little bit miffed. Melbourne, with all its COVID issues, can find room for 10,000 on their special day. And they are allowed down there, not one for their whole week. For what? Possibly two cases in the last year. And if they can find the time, because they'll be really busy. Ashley, in the cup itself, might back number 11, because that's what he's after. And that, of course, is Knight's order. And Jacinda might back 19, because she's not. That's she's ideal. Or she could coneler it with number six for some kiwi flavor, because she is the chosen one. The whole cabinet might want to chip in on the hot favorite, incentivise and finally find some inspiration. There I go, backing names. I guess that's the sermon's box top four: two, six, eleven, 11, and 19 in the hope of a bit of number one, a bit of twilight payment. For many it will be a hugely memorable day, but just a fraction of those good old days. The commentary will be accurate, the hooves pounding, the whips cracking, the bookies sweating. There'll be joy, ecstasy, and a huge volume of disappointment. And speaking of volume, you romantics, you New Zealand fans of the Cup, and it's all worth it if you turn it up here. Here's a little teaser of the great day. By now, some 38 years gone, the champion from Waverley, Snowy and the Pumper. Here's to you. Savour it, everybody, and if you can, have a terrific Cup day.
4: 250 metres left to go, Kiyomare being tackled by Mr Jazz and Noble Comet, Mr Jazz on the outside, Noble comment the centre, Kiyomare, no pier running on, Noble Comment on the inside and Mr Jazz, Noble Comment takes the lead, Kiwi, Kiwi will beat them all, it's come from last, Kiwi, Kiwi's won the Melbourne Cup, a blistering performance, Kiwi coming from second last to beat Noble Comet and Mr Jazz in the Melbourne Cup,
3: what a run, Kiwi, 907 here on scnz and yes it will stop new zealand or a large uh, portion of new zealand today and let's hope it does the same in australia it's been a hell of a 12 months a hell of a period longer than that but today is uh, for a lot of people a day to forget all that and to help us do that we're going to have a a real melbourne cup flavor today and uh, we couldn't go any better uh, than uh, to go to andrew Bensley. He's uh, one of our SEN brothers in Australia. He knows pretty much uh, everything about every horse in Australia. He's talked to every owner, trainer and jockey uh, leading into this event. Uh, And we're so uh, happy that uh, Andrew has joined us this morning. Uh, Andrew, have you got your best bib and tucker on already?
5: Yeah, I'm here at uh, Flemington, Ian. Uh, Just excited to be a part of the day with 10,000 people able to come along. And I can give you a bit of a picture at uh, just after 7 Melbourne time that The sun is absolutely up. It's going to be around 30 degrees for Melbourne Cup Day. There's not a cloud in the sky. Uh, The uh, last of the early morning track workers have been out there. The horses, I mean, uh, all the Cup horses would have been out this morning and done a little bit. Uh, But uh, the the, uh, horses that may be running on Thursday or Saturday or next week, they're doing their last Mm. little pieces. So. That track work's about to wrap up, and then uh, the crowds roll in in just under 90 minutes from now.
3: Well, 10,000, it's not 100,000, Andrew, but uh, they'll still have some fun, won't they? There'll still be some atmosphere.
5: Oh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, We had 5,000 roughly on Saturday, and uh, it went off in a very quick manner. And and, uh, today, uh, it'll seem like when you're watching on the TV, it'll seem like it's still a very good crowd because... Uh, the Victoria Racing Club have set up little uh, seats with umbrellas and they're spread from you know uh, basically the three to four hundred metre mark right down past the winning Post, so you know we're still social distancing and doing all that sort of stuff, and when people come they have to basically if they're out the front, they've got to sit on their uh, their own seats and not move around too much. but uh, even just talking with a group of jockeys yesterday uh, that rode here on Derby Day on Saturday uh, that they just felt it because it had been lacking for, you know, 18, 20 months that there was just no crowd. And we remember this day last year that John McNeil rode 12, i payment the victory in front of nobody. So to have 10,000, it's, you know, it's like having a really good crowd today.
3: Andrew it's on, on days like this you, you sort of uh, turn back the old memory clock a wee bit I, I mean I do I go back as far as like uh, horses like Silver Knight from a New Zealand's point of view Baghdad note Yeah. Um, you know when, when I was growing up well, what about you I mean you, it's been your life what, what's your earliest or your favourite memory of, of Melbourne Cup days?
5: Well, one of the early ones was Vanderhum. Uh, I've just turned sixty, so I'm going back a little while, Ian, uh, uh, and beyond that, there was obviously a few before B- uh, Vanderham, but it was the one that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at school. Uh, in in those days, the cup was at ten to three, and you know the uh, the TVs were turned on or the radios were turned on, and you sat around it and watched it or listened to it. and Uh, sadly in some way that doesn't happen now well I think it doesn't happen as much as what it is unless you get a a school teacher that uh, likes racing I I guess but uh, Vanderham it was atrocious conditions uh, directly opposite to what we're going to get today Uh, the race callers could hardly pick the colors up of the horses or the jockeys on their horses it was just uh, a day of slogging affair and uh, Vanderhum beat Golden Black, thrown by Bart Cummings. But uh, Bobby Skelton was on Vanderham, and it was one of those early memories. But you look at the history of the Melbourne Cup, and they've each got their tails. I mean, even Twilight Payment last year, in hundreds of years, people will be reflecting on 2020 Melbourne Cup and w- wondering why in the heck there was no crowd. So each of these races, uh, you know, they have their unique special moments. They're, there was nothing like the three Maccabi Divas. Uh, particularly yeah. her third when she came back and stood in front of the crowd and uh, and realised I think in some way that she was pretty special.
3: It was uh, those those memories. I mean, as you talk about them, I can see them uh, now myself. It was just it's just been a a, a day in, in the life, the first Tuesday of November, and you don't have to be a huge racing fan to a- acknowledge that either. But today um, we we see a horse in the the field going for the Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup, double, um, some say the shortest-priced Melbourne Cup favourite since uh, maybe even Far Lap. Uh, it's got a poor draw, they say a very poor draw, and uh, we're talking incentivised here. Um, but, Andrew, it's a special animal.
5: Look, it's just unbelievable. Uh, win, lose, or draw today, the, the rise of incentivized has been a staggering one. You know, it was battling to win a race going back to only April, May this year. And now it's going for 10 wins on the trot, and it's going for the Caulfield and Melbourne Cups. I mean, it's just whatever happens today. It's just been a, an unbelievable rise up the ranks. Trained out of Toowoomba in the Darling Downs of Queensland uh, by Steve Tregey. And then uh, the offers came. And uh, then when Peter Moody was linked to those offers, that clinched the deal because Steve knew Peter Moody really well, Peter being a Queenslander through and through and uh, that that did the deal and that's how Peter Moody uh, trains the horse now going into this we know how a masterful trainer he is you know uh, training black caviar but so many other good horses that he can't see the horse being beaten today you know he, he just believes that the horse's strength he thought that the horse was building momentum through the Caulfield Cup victory of 2400 meters uh, that's the only thing. If he gets beaten today, then he didn't stay the two mile as, as uh, hard as the others do. Um, there's got to be a genuine starting race from probably you know a thousand metres from home. You can envisage that whether it's Jai McNeil on Twilight Payment or whether it's one or two others. There's going to be a push from that far out because they want to take the will uh, make incentivise unsettled in trying to run two mile.
3: Well, the Peter Murdy story is one uh, special one in its own right. Of course, people with uh, a bit of racing knowledge will remember him associated with uh, the great black caviar. But um, then he left the game, um, didn't he, Andrew, for a while. And to all of a sudden come back and so quickly have a horse of this prominence is, is a story in itself.
5: Well, I think it just tells us just how a horseman he is. You know, he's uh, he's been around horses all his life. I knew Peter uh, when I was working in uh, radio in far southwest Queensland at a place called Charleville, Peter was born in that area. And uh, remarkably, I I live with a family that uh, Peter uh, was friends with. So we go back uh, a a very long time. I was about 18 at that time, and I'm now 60. But he he (laughs) has been around horses all of his life since then. He knows how to train a Group 1. He had that time away because of uh, issues uh, uh, that he was agreed that, that the stewards acted on and gave him a, uh, a penalty. Uh, I think all of us, when he suffered that penalty, knew that he would come back at some stage, and thankfully for us, uh, he has, because we don't need Peter, uh, Peter Moody sitting on the sidelines and watching the races from home, because as we've seen, he's put the final touches to incentivise, and here he is, the horse, trying to make it the unique double of the Caulfield and Melbourne Cups.
3: Okay, Andrew, let's, uh, let's look at the race. Uh, five o'clock New Zealand time, folks, three o'clock uh, over there in Melbourne. Uh, okay, so Incentivise, as you said, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, might, uh, if it wants to, try and jump and run them. Uh, otherwise, they'll stop it and it'll have to sit somewhere, probably outside from that draw. But uh, how do you see the, the race panning out? And, and give us two or three of, of the horses you believe we, sh- we should be looking out for.
5: Yeah, look, I, I think that Grand Promenade is one that you have to. The only negative is, uh, you know how when you wake up in the morning and you capture the the, uh, the the local paper and you have a look and there's normally at springtime, there's photos of uh, horses and, and uh, models and things like that. Well, this morning on the front page of the Melbourne Herald Sun, there's Grand Promenade. And I always get very nervous. Uh, there's not many winners on a front page of the paper that end up winning these big races. So I wish it wasn't Grand Promenade on the front page of the paper, but I think that Kieran McAvoy will be able to go forward. He's a horse that settles on. I know he's drawn wide, but he may even follow a horse like Incentivise across and get... uh, It's a long run to that first turn from the Melbourne Cup start, so he's got plenty of time to come over. Um, Incentivise is certainly going to be there. Twilight Payment is going and has to be because he's carrying two and a half kilo more than where it was last year, so he's got to be racing better. But uh, I think... In Joseph O'Brien, flying in overnight, he's now in Melbourne to be at the Melbourne Cup. Uh, I think that tells us that uh, they feel that the horse is going extremely well. His last couple of runs in Ireland have been very good. Uh, The other ones that I'd like to mention, Tralee Rose, the 21. uh, The Geelong Cup record of late hasn't been significant, but she's a mare that will run the two-mile with a perfect run and no weight on her back, just 51 and uh, the international horse Spanish Mission. If he turns up and copes with everything around the Australian way that we race here rather than the UK, I think that uh, Spanish Mission can be in the race. But that's the only query. But I think that Grand Promenade, uh, everyone's got a tip, though, Ian, but I think that Grand Promenade Mm. wins the Melbourne Cup.
3: Thank you very much for that, Andrew. I've uh, made a note of that. Uh, One of our favourite sons, of course, uh, spending a lot of time and making a lot of money well two of them, really. I to Chris Waller here and, and, um, and, and uh, James McDonald uh, having a hell of a time of it and racing uh, around Australia at the moment. How highly, how highly do you rate James as a hoop?
5: Oh, look, he's up there. You know, we, there's often at this time of the year, who do you rate the, Australia's best jockey? Uh, or, uh, you know, in, in, in New South Wales, who's our best jockey, that sort of thing. Well, James McDonald has clearly come across uh, he took his time to get here, but now that he's here, he's just continuing to uh, rise to the very top. I, I you know, I, I group them all together. I don't like putting jockeys on top of others or horses on top of others. But if they're if they're in the top line, then they're there for a reason. That they are uh, stars in their own, you know, their, in their making. James McDonald has been able to come across, win significant races in a quick amount of time, and teaming up with a very elegant today who ran in the Cox Plate, it was the Cox Plate the, uh, the big grand final, and now they've decided to go to the Melbourne Cup. Well, we'll wait and see. She ran in the race last year, and she ran nicely. If she ran up to last year, and, and it is a different Melbourne Cup this year, Ian, because there's not the large amount of international horses that we have been seeing over the last 10 or 15 years. So it's going back to the more traditional Melbourne Cup, and maybe that gives uh, an eight- or nine-time group one winner a chance of doing it today.
3: Andrew, uh, I hope you get a chance to enjoy the, uh, the race itself. I, I would imagine you will savour it, um, enjoy the, the flavour that will be there at Flemington. A lot of people very jealous of you, but uh, enjoy the day. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for your input this morning. Uh, we really uh, we value it.
5: No, no problem at all. Uh, as I leave you, uh, the, the, it's just a, uh, the staff are here, the crowds are here in less than 90 minutes. They'll start to build up with 10,000. It'll be one hell of a raw though, I reckon, when that cup barriers uh, fly open. It won't be as large as large, but I still reckon there'll be a Melbourne roar because this is a race, Ian, that will restart the nation. It's the race that restarts Victoria, the Melbourne Cup.
3: You are a champion, and I love that. I absolutely love that phrase. Uh, Andrew, uh, enjoy the day, and again, thank you. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, Andrew Bensley, folks, um, uh, he is uh, a a real Mr. No Racing. I mean, he's been it in his life, and and I'll tell you what, when he tips them out, you take very close notice of of it because uh, he uh, is a man in the know and in the racing game uh, that is quite a big asset. Now, John, just explain the the punters thing to uh, our listeners as well. Um, you, you put your name, your account number and the code word Melbourne. Is that right on
0: 8833? That's exactly right, Smithy. It's going to be a hell of a day, uh, isn't it? And I know people are just flooding the text machine already, but we won't select them yet. Uh, whoever makes it into the Pundits Club, I think it's capped at 20. So to be in, Smithy, you're exactly right. Your TAB account number, your full name, where you're from and the code word, uh, code word Melbourne. And at about 20 past 11 this morning, I think, We'll give out some details of who's made it in from us, and also who we're tipping and who we're putting our 250 bucks on. Smithy. Each show has 250 bucks. Mm-hmm. All those profits go back to the punters' club. So it's going to be a very interesting day.
3: Okay, uh, we'll do that uh, throughout the morning. Uh, we'd love your text as well on the on the Melbourne Cup. What is your memory of it? I had a couple of beauties already in. Uh, your memory of the Melbourne Cup. Uh, maybe you just want to give us your winner. Uh, look, just make contact with us, uh, Double eight, double three. Is it as simple as incentivized or do you, do you see something else? Is there a New Zealand flavour in there that you might see something uh, about? Um, James McDonald, Chris Waller, very elegant. Uh, the New Zealand triple there, if you like, all the combinations there as well. The chosen one, uh, we have interest. What about Ocean Billy with uh, Bill Pomari? What a story that is. And after 11 o'clock, Butch Castles is going to tell us a wee bit about that character and uh, the, the thoughts of where he's come from to have a Melbourne Cup starter. It is a great race and it's got some great stories about it and we'll try and enjoy them uh, throughout the next three hours. It's 9.22. Uh, Phil Tartarang, he joins us this morning. He's the host of TE Up, of course. Uh, with have teared up with Phil on 7 o'clock on Saturday mornings. Um, but also uh, of late, uh, Phil has been involved in a really uh, interesting podcast series uh, and uh, of course, there's uh, a reason behind that. It's called the Whisker Series. Uh, Phil, first of all, before we get onto the golf of the week, um, tell us a wee bit about that, please. Yeah, look, it's uh, a
6: great initiative. Obviously, the, the month of uh, November not only Melbourne Cup months and Cup Week down in uh, in Christchurch, Smithy, but uh, but it's the month where I encourage everyone to check in on their um, their, their health and well-being, and in particular. For for men with their mental health and wellbeing, um, the, the Movember Foundation, founded a number of years ago internationally and here in New Zealand, uh, doing great work not only throughout this month to, uh, to raise raise awareness and, and and get people connected and get them the help that they need. Uh, and we know that's um, certainly been a thing here over this last year or so, maybe. Um But it's really encouraging your mates to kind of get together and connect, and um, and so. We've, uh, in partnership with the Movember Foundation, developed a, a small podcast series that's uh, in partnership with us here at SENZ, uh, talking to a number of different subjects throughout this uh, course of this month. Caught it with Slade McFarland last week, and he talked about mm. the black dog that uh, that followed him not only uh, throughout the back end of his uh, his playing career, but when he was trying to make that transition into the real world and wonder what the hell... Uh, uh, could i do uh what sort of value did i have to society when not being a uh being a rugby player and, and a number of sports people make make those assumptions that geez i'm i was good at this but am i any good at anything else and um and look he contemplated suicides uh, he's not proud that he got to that situation but I think a lot of people um, maybe have those sorts of thoughts and they suppress them. And we know that that doesn't help them out long term. So great long chat that I had with uh, with Slade. We break it down to about a five-minute small little podcast and um, and we're going to have a number of different conversations with a number of different people over the course of this month.
3: Fascinating. I, I did listen to uh, certain excerpts of that as well myself uh, and it was uh, nice to hear from him, uh, Slade McFarlane, it was. Uh, it'd be nice to hear from Danny Lee, I'm sure, at the moment, too. He's probably a bit keener to talk than he has been for a while, Phil, because uh, he just put 578,000 US into his bank account. But what does that mean? Golf, Golf Channel are saying, yes, he's got his card back, and other people are saying, no, he hasn't. He's close, but no. Yeah,
6: let me break it down for you, Smithy. So uh, Danny had a couple of injuries last year, self inflicted one of them, and uh, ended up having a shoulder shoulder issue. Um, had a There's an image that came out that he had a fractured rib as well. And and so there's a number of different injury issues for for Danny back in the last year. What that culminated to was a pretty unsuccessful year on the golf course. So he he took a break in his schedule mid-summer in in the States, uh, which meant that he had a minor, what's called a minor medical extension. So a, a small number of events to try and make up some lost ground from last season. Um, and so he started at the Fortinet Championship um, right, right before the, uh, the Ryder Cup there, mid-September. Uh, missed the cut out there, went out to Bermuda this past week, and with a strong showing yesterday, he takes that performance yesterday, adds it to the points that he had last last year, adds them up and does that get him inside the one hundred twenty five. So how I can break it down for you. you Made two hundred and four yet you hit the the half a million bucks, that goes a long way. Mm. Everyone everyone understands that. But the two hundred and forty five FedEx cup points that he made yesterday, add that to the hundred and fifty two that he had from the twenty twenty one season. He's just shy of four hundred. It took four hundred and forty FedEx cup points to finish inside the one twenty five mark. So when they talk about getting his membership back, if you finish inside the 150, Smithy, you get your membership back, but it's conditional membership. If he gets another 40 points or so in the next few starts, he then gets his full exempt membership back for the remainder of this season.
3: Well, that was a giant step then, Uh, and no other way to think about it. And When he stood on the 12th tee, he had a one-shot lead. When he stood on the 14th tee, he was... Uh, two behind. So, uh, conditions so very, very tough. So uh, to get to those kind of numbers and those conditions, particularly uh, on the first and last days, quite outstanding golf.
6: Yeah, really good. And and, uh, Danny's said at times when playing in those sorts of windy, tough conditions, that they haven't necessarily been his preferred um, elements to play the game in. Um, and, And that maybe speaks to uh, his attacking style um, likes to put the ball in the air, um, likes to shoot at a lot of flags, likes to be very aggressive. And we've known the the Danny Lee that we've seen on the PGA Tour throughout the years is he's a birdie making machine. And that sort of style does come uh, with the, the trouble. Uh, the, the trouble if you always want to go to the whip, you're not, not always kind of ready to uh, just hold back if you if you need to. and and, and I think at, at times yesterday um, it seemed like he was on a roll. He was feeling it. Certainly, off to a fast start, took the lead. Um, when you make the turn, um, it, you, you've got to choose your moments, and, and that's when the conditions were um, were at their toughest. And um, look, it's, it's, there's a lot of criticism that comes on that Danny plays too quickly when he gets in the hunt, and sometimes makes some mistakes. Uh, that's actually when he's most instinctive. Uh, when he's playing well, he actually plays quicker. Um, but it, it certainly looked like the elements maybe just caught him a little off guard when the adrenaline was at its peak. And um, look, it's been a while since he's been in that position. To be fair, it's been been a couple of years since he's had a top five finish on the PGA Tour. So you know although you don't forget how to do it you um you maybe need a little bit of a refresher and um for him he's been a long way away from contending to win a pga tour event for um for 18 months or so so um he'll benefit from the run that's for sure he was close very close um and hopefully over the next couple of weeks he's going to golf courses where he's played well he's at mexico this week down in, just south of cancun where he's contended down there
3: um, he might be able to keep this form going and, and regain his full status. Okay, let's uh, look at uh, at Lydia. Uh, Lydia tees it up in mm. uh, Saudi Arabia. I think it's her debut. Uh, they're playing for a million bucks, uh, and the men's uh, with, a, with a what I'd call a pretty second-rate type field compared to uh, some that line up paid for six point five million bucks in Bermuda. <laughs> uh, I just as is, is, is the pay parity has is, is that ever been an issue like it has been in tennis and other sports. And golf, did the
6: women make a bit of noise about it? Yes, it's a good point, and it's time to shine the light on it a little bit. It was actually a lot worse than than what it's been recently. In recent years, there's been some broadcast revenue that's that's come in, um, and there's some big noises being made by not only the LPGA, new commissioner that's on board there, a few new sponsors that have jumped on behind the women's game. Um, it seems a lot like the RNA and the USGA are also... Um, speaking pretty loudly with the, the broadcast deals that they've done for their championships um, so look I think there's, there's there's some brighter times coming for the young women players around the world um, but it's going to be an interesting scene to watch some of it, and maybe we don't have time to, to go into detail about it this week but the, um, the, the Saudi conglomerate um, backed by government funding um, and, and look we're not going to round that off in a couple of minutes but They've um, made this big play to um, to put a rival tour together. They've partnered with the Asian Tour. This is in the men's game. Maybe I'll get around to it with the women's game. But they, 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 they get in the men's game, Greg Norman has been named their commissioner. Um, and some details will be coming out later on this week uh, of a 20-tournament schedule that they've partnered with the Asian Tour looking to be a disruptor and get some of the, uh, the big names in the men's game to come across from the PGA Tour. Not so sure that's going to happen. However, um, part of this group that is putting this, uh, this rival tour together for the men's game is also looking to do something similar in the women's game. And so with Lydia playing this week in Saudi Arabia, it was actually rumoured that she was going to sign up for two events in in the um, in the Republic over there, that uh, she was actually going to forego an opportunity to win the scoring average trophy on the LPGA tour. Um, that's not going to be the case. She's playing there this week, uh, as you say, not for as big a purse as the men. Um, but then she's going to return and play the last two tournaments on the LPGA tour, and therefore put herself in a box position to um, to win that
3: scoring average trophy
6: out there, and another point towards the uh, the Hall of Fame on the LPGA Tour.
3: Interesting, Phil. Um, you can tee it up with uh, Phil on Saturday mornings at 7 o'clock. Uh, folks, uh, Phil can't let you go without uh, perhaps a Melbourne Cup tip. I'm assuming uh, you've run your eye over the field, and um, like most golfers, uh, you have a, a little bit of uh, a dabble every now and then. So uh, have you got a Melbourne Cup tip for our listeners?
6: Oh, I have, mate. But it, to be fair, asking me for a Melbourne Cup tip is pretty much like asking you for um, what sort of golf clubs um, you know I should use maybe going out, whether it should be Blades or Russell uh, Backs or what sort of shaft <laughs> is that Hey, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the bank on my, my picks. I, I, I did manage. I, I, I was looking through over History Smithy. I did get on Empire Rose back in 88. Mm. For some reason, I got on Empire Rose and had a very memorable first Tuesday in November back then, but it's been a bit of a lean run for me. Look, I, I, I'm I'm biased, unashamedly so. Would love to go with a Kiwi um, to, to 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 pick up the cup this afternoon. Um, I'm a I'm a very elegant fan, and so don't knock mm. me down for, for looking at the favourites. I'm I'm a very elegant fan and, and and have profited from her a little bit uh, over the. Uh, over the last couple of seasons. So that's most probably where I will head later on
3: today. Good on you, Phil. Thank you very much. Around 13 bucks, so it's not a favourite. So uh, a tenner on that would be OK. You buy some uh, Pro V1s, uh, a nice little sleeve or two of those. So uh, 9.44 here on SCNZ, Full Towering. it uh, will be back, of course, Saturday morning at 7 o'clock. Uh, keep those texts coming in, Double eight, double three. If you are texting in to be part of the punters' Club, remember your full name, your account number, uh, where you come from and the code word Melbourne remember those four things we've got a lot coming in without an account number well that's no good to us so make sure you've got those four components double eight double three is the text number back shortly he's the
0: voice of sport in New Zealand here, nothing gets past smithy this is mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ
3: Double eight, double three, keep them coming in. They are flooding in. So uh, it's nice to know that you're listening and we wish you all the best on getting into that punters club to get a share of the takings that we hope we can make for you. Hi, Smithy, JD, have to uh, be would have to be Kiwi of uh, 83. That's uh, the best memory from last. In one of the commentaries, said Kiwi is flying. She is, uh, Anthony, uh, from Melbourne. Oh, uh, that's his account number. I better not say that. Um, I won't know his account number. But Anthony, thank you very much. From Mount Roskill uh, with your account number as well. Great show, thank you very much. Uh, didn't Bruce Marsh ride Silver Knight? Uh, yes, he did. Stephen's father, of course, he did ride Silver Knight in 1971. Uh, so if you go back that far, you'll remember that fantastic ride that day. Uh, High Smithy, 10 years ago, had a, a Cornella Dinner Den Red Cadeau for 200 bucks at tens. Fantastic. Still hurting from two years ago. Uh, at 5% of a $93,000 first four, then changed the placings. Remember that, the first time in history that a protest had been upheld uh, in the Melbourne Cup. First time in history, goes back to 1861. Uh, Dean Elger um, uh, from New Plymouth. Uh, Dean, feel sorry for you, but yep, we've got your message and we've got uh, your account number and uh, of course, um, you know, your your details. So you're a chance, big big chance. Um, I'm like you, Smithy. Baghdad Note 1970 is my first Melbourne Cup memory. Watched or listened to uh, everyone since, including 1980 when in London, I teamed up with a group of Aussies during the early hours to listen to Beldale Ball uh, win the Fosters Melbourne Cup. And the Fosters Melbourne Cup, uh, was uh, the Fosters was fr- flowing freely. I can tell you, Peter, I was, uh, I've been to two Melbourne Cups and that was one of them. And uh, Baghdad, uh, Beldale Ball won it um, and uh, it won... Uh, I backed these two horses. Robert Sangster had two horses in the race. One was Beldale Ball and one was Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, Beldale Ball won it. Bohemian Rhapsody nearly ran dead last. And guess he was on that? So uh, it pretty much sums up my punting history. It is 9.51 here on SCNZ. When we come back, uh, we'll keep the, uh, the gambling theme going. I know it's not a terrible thing to be doing. Of course, uh, remember, uh, you do gamble responsibly, even on Melbourne Cup Day. Uh, we'll have a multi for you.
0: You're in safe hands. It's Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. you got to know when to
7: hold up, when the fold Smithy's
8: Multi. Know when to walk away, and know when to run.
2: Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today.
3: So yesterday, Dallas uh, did beat the Minnesota Vikings at 210, but the Braves, after leading 4-0 after a Grand Slam home run in the first, innings, ended up uh, giving up that lead and losing to Houston, so Houston is still in it, uh, still in it, it's 3-2, uh, we'll have a look at that uh, tomorrow, that's Major League Baseball of course today, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, Monday Night Football in America, they'll beat the Giants by 14 plus, and Mahomes will get it right today, don't worry about that, $2.11 uh, some tennis uh, from Paris, Batista Agu to beat uh, Duckworth at a buck 29. and then because it's Melbourne Cup day I've put uh, a Melbourne bet on it's not a cup bet but it's a horse called Prophet here, ridden by James McDonald to win race six at two dollars seventy. That'll moldy up at seven dollars thirty-five. Two eleven, one twenty-nine, 7 dollars thirty-five. John, as We head into the news.
0: Uh, something coming through uh, from the Blues. I understand. Yeah, man, holy moly! Like they've made some good signings, haven't they, under Leon McDonald during their time in terms of players, but. This one might be the best of them all. It's, um, he's come full circle. This is Joe Schmidt we're talking about. One of the best coaches going around in the world. Of course led Ireland to two victories over the All Blacks. Used to be the Blues assistant coach way back in 2004. So now Joe Schmidt has signed on with the Blues as a support coach. Smithy. So Liam McDonald's a very good coach, but I guess when Joe Schmidt's available and he's been attached to the region before and the team before, you get him on board in any sort of way you can. And a support coach, have you heard of that before?
3: I have not heard of a support coach. Well, I suppose you have heard of that type of role. Um, it's called a mentor as well, isn't it? Um, basically, an, a consultant, a mentor, an overseeing coach, a support coach. Uh, so it's a tag. Uh, and you can bet if you're going to go to the, bo- uh, the bother of trying to convince Joe Smith to, to take the job and get him involved, you'll listen very carefully uh, to what his support has to say. So that's a good signing. And another one too was, a, did you say, a
0: defence coach as well added there? Yeah, Craig McGrath, who we've had on the show before, assistant coach at Auckland. Uh, he's got himself a wee promotion to be the defence coach. So... And I guess that's taken over from Tana. So big shoes to fill there. But a couple of good signings for the Blues, who of course will have Bowdoin Barrett next year. They have broken that Super Rugby title, Drought Smithy. I can hear the fans now already. You know, a lot of people putting on uh, punts today. A lot of people might put on a futures bet on the Blues next year. If they do
3: with their winnings, it might not be a silly idea. So there you go, 9.59 here on SENZ. There's a lot of texts coming through, uh, quite clearly Uh, The Melbourne Cup does bring back a lot of memories for you. We'll be reading them out throughout the morning. Thank you for that. And don't forget, of course, to keep coming in. Double eight, double three. your name, where you're from, your TAB account number and the password, which is Melbourne. You go into the drawer uh, for the Puntus Club, the special Melbourne Day Puntus Club, in operation
0: later this afternoon. This is Mornings with Ian Smith.
5: test matches and an early try.
8: Bowden Barrett, what a magic moment for him to run out in his 100th test, equally to be able to go in underneath the sticks. Three minutes into this test match, what he did really well defensively here is he put himself in the space of the runners. He got up quickly, he went into the zone where the the runners who were coming from deep were going. Anscombe just left the ball into space for them to hit. McNichol, who's done nothing wrong at fullback, Johnny McNichol, and here's an intercept. No he, stop him. He's got to do it again, you know. Oh, and oh. he goes, Bowden Barrett. Got to have your day when you've got the silver boots on. Bowden Barrett just been named man of the match, 100th test, and in the dying moments of the game, he's probably gonna seal the fate and score the last try to camp off what has been a great afternoon for the All Blacks. Were
9: your Taranaki family doing anything special for, for your 100th
8: back at home?
0: Yeah, um, they, they sure are. Um, Dad's got a keg of Guinness, and they've got a ham on. I think they're having a lunch there today. So
1: uh, my family, Nana and Mary, all went around and watched the game, and I think they're making something of the Sunday. So a uh, special time on Hadaka Road.
3: Well, that was Bowden Barrett on Sunday morning after his man-of-the-match display. Brilliant, wasn't he, against Wales in his 100th test and uh, watching from uh, the family farm in South Taranaki was his dad, Kevin Smiley Barrett, who joins us now. Uh, So I guess the first question, uh, Smiley, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us, is how did the keg of Guinness go on Sunday? How long did it last? Oh, good morning,
7: Smiley. Lovely to see you. Great to be on the show. Um, Oh, crikey, we... We're up at um, oh, five as normal, because we always watch the uh, rugby games live. Never take them there. Yeah, so then I shot off to the shed. Actually, after that to um, feed the calves and do AI on the cows, and um, got back and uh, it was about ten o'clock. I think we cracked it, and then uh, oh, people <laughs> have a drip, come coming and drips and drags all day, and but most most of them was there by lunchtime, and I think um, had a mate call in. Oh, I think it was about uh, half six or seven o'clock and shivers. I couldn't believe it. Um, uh, just pulled, pulled the first part of, the, part of uh, the pint in there. Yeah, She blew up in the so I couldn't believe it really. Yeah. So it lasted pretty well, really.
3: <laughs> Sounds like a fantastic uh, day of celebration. But I guess a little bit hollow for you because I, I know that uh, you and Robin have made the, the journey to so many matches, not just uh, around New Zealand, but around the world, so... Uh, what a stadium, it would have been nice to be there, but so uh, a little bit hollow.
7: Yeah, it was, it, honestly, it was, um, we sort of got a bit off track, really, but sort of Bodie was talking about, you know, being Ireland, island, you see, and then, um, it sort of come out, yeah, so he was probably picking on missing a couple of games, and, yeah, don't know, he <laughs> did of maths wrong, whatever, so we had that in our head, you see, so we got sort of caught off guard, sort of during the week, said "Oh, should have Bodie's 100th game, so, um, yeah, and, and obviously with, you're not being there really. it's like usually this time of the year it's um first week in November. I usually head over there to get catch the third game with a few mates, so we were away way about eighteen days see to get through it, um, you know three games so but you know it was, it, was, it was a yeah huge disappointment really us not being there and especially what um has been through this last week, you know with um you know losing his granddad and and just um. Yeah, just want to put a good performance from South and the team, obviously, you know, in front of, um, probably, you know, one of the, arguably, you know, the, uh, the best stage in the world, you know, in front of, in, at Cardiff Arms Park, in front of 80,000 people, yeah.
3: He had a special relationship with Bob, didn't he, Odin.
7: Yeah, he, he did, very, yeah, very close, and I was fortunate to see Bob, actually, I was up in Auckland for the last test, you know, a home test there, and him and Rob called in that night, and, um... Yeah, no, it was great to catch up with him, actually. So, that, you know, that was sadly, that was the last time I, um, I seen Bob and talked to him. Yeah, so, no, he was a great guy. He truly was, a real gentleman.
3: 100 games for the All Blacks uh, is good. 100 game, 160 games for Taranaki as well. He's always, he's always had the Amber and Blacks at heart, too. Um, sorry, that's you, 167 games for, for Taranaki. Uh, you <laughs> played, Smiley, so... Uh, how do you, how do you equate that? How do you how do you equate that? Because Bowden's always been keen to get back there. That's the point I was making to play for the Annerood Blacks any time he could.
7: Yeah, yeah, yes, and I mean, same with with in and the boys. actually think actually Scotty Scotty's going to hopefully turn out this weekend. But um, it is, I mean, in, in their contracts. Um, yeah, it is tough. Like. Um, I know for times there, you know, uh, Bode was sitting early in the PC when he come in, you know, when Dan Carter was on the roll. I mean, Bode might have been third behind um, Aaron, you know, Krebs, and um, yeah, I mean, he'd be there, sitting there on ice for sort of four weeks, you know. Um, mm. It really, it, it ticked me off, really. I mean, there's too many guys who just, I mean, especially guys in key positions, um, they've got to be playing. They've got to have the ball in their hands, you know, and and. That's what I really feel. I mean, they couldn't let these guys back to the provinces, you know, to, to play for the Taranaki. And I mean, it's, it just means so much to these guys. I mean, you know, the boys have got, you know, they've got, they've got yellow and black blood, you know. I mean, it's, they just love to give back to the provinces. I mean, we've given them so much where it all started from. You know, and that's sadly, at this, this and age, it should have more often. You know, all blacks should get back to the provinces.
3: It, it even goes deeper than that, though, for, for Bodine and your family as well, doesn't it, too, because it goes back... Uh, to the coastal rugby club. So, who who were his influences back in those early days when, when you saw his talent starting to develop?
7: Um, you yeah, were well, initially. Given uh, um, yeah, well, initially, I I coached the boys. Uh, my brother Philip coached um, the boys initially. That was for Pungarei Primary, um, and that was. Mm-hmm. McLeod um, Shield was big in those days. Um, that, that was a school school competition. Well, it was like it's like they ran pretty sure the ran fairly shield of primary school of rugby, really. That shield had been played for for goodness no I don't know how many years, way back and it might have been started, you know, after the after after the Second World War, you know, so there's huge um, you know, tradition on that trophy and that was that was huge, but I mean like Pungado Primary that was only we had eighty four, ninety pupils there and and the big emphasis then was to, uh, I mean, I mean, it was all inclusion, you know, um, standard four, so standard three and four, right up to four one and two, you know. So the little fellas, the boys, would get out there and just play rugby in the morning tea, lunchtime, and all the time, you know. So it's um that. Um, biggest thing, I mean, I I coached the boys, um, uh, the Pungarehu boys, and then we amalgamated with our because their numbers dropped. and um, oh, no, sorry, I went actually, and then. The biggest thing is that I used to, to love it because I mean I still play at the time and, um, you know, they used to just, just you know, they would, they would just like glue for a blanket, you know, just, just ask me questions and I just emphasise, you know, that all the, all the kids, isn't it, whoever they were, it was just, just skills. I mean, um, you look at John O'Leary, I'd ask him about an All Black game, you know, i said what do you think of the game in the All Black boys? The game in the weekend boys and oh, it, was, it was surprising what they could pick up, you know, and you know, like the, the big boys, you know, the team, the props or whatever. They'd tuck the ball under the arm, you know, and and just run and um and the little winger and like, like Damien McKenzie, you know, I mean, he'd run the ball on two hands, you know, and, and you know, I said the boys, um you know as an opposition player, you know, what's 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 the little winger gonna do? He's running the ball two hands and he's gonna run. Now he's gonna pass. I said, No he's not, he's gonna run just, he's put you on two minds, and, and that's 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 the key of just um teaching those kids at that young age those skills of you know, run the ball in two hands forget about kicking on your right foot just start on your left and pass both hands and, and I just drilled that into them of um, pass you know just we just did passing drills run and ruck was our game and I said, it doesn't matter where you are because um, um, you know I, was, I thought the boys were only up before actually but you know with our, <laughs> our genes but um couple mm. of them had brains stayed in the backs yeah but <laughs> it doesn't matter where you've been, if you've got if you've got skills, um, you know it'll, um, you'll just fit in and 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 play where you want to. But um, it's sort of But I mean, yeah, that was the biggest thing as I taught them is, was was um, the skills. And then and then they obviously went on into, Bode went on to you know played um, I said in winning rugby and then you know, I gave up coaching really because I couldn't I didn't want to commit. Kane and Bodie played in the same team actually, and then Scotty was on his own and. Geordie and Blake um, Played in the other team So I'd go one way Robin would go the other And probably um, Granddad Bob Or Granddad Ted Would um, Take Scotty The other way You know So it was And then And then it went Through that Like that was That was coastal And then, then I mean the boys Just played um, Yeah Fast Douglas it was, a, it was a very good school We were always up against it So I mean Three I think there was 700 boys When they were there And then it's um, I think there's 800 now, but we're always up against Boys High, of the like of, you know, they had 1,400 boys there, and I mean, we were, Francis Douglas was year 7 to year 13, and Boys High was um, year 9 to, to 13, so i mean always up against it, but um, it was, I mean, Conrad Smith's team was the first team that beat uh, Boys High, and, and Bode was fortunate enough to um, beat them in over there too, you know, so they never... And then, and Blake did too. That's, I'll never forget it. I mean, the, the boys um, <laughs> got a photo of it when they were cleaning the, cleaning the um, <laughs> pool at home. There. They had the old water blaster out, and they, it's <laughs> the first thing they did was FDC boys high, you know, and, and the, uh, the date and the score was um, etched on the wall, you know. <laughs> mm.
3: Brilliant, brilliant, I man. I love hearing these uh, these stories of um, how you go from grassroots to glory, and he has. Um, you know, we're talking a bit specifically about Bowden this morning because it's his time at the moment. We can't deny that. Yeah, two-time sure. world rugby, two-time world rugby player of the year, uh, Smiley, a hundred test matches, but uh, he, he's still pretty humble about the whole deal. And and uh, I think it's probably as a parent, one of the things you're most proud of, isn't it? Yeah, de-
7: definitely. And um, that was, um, like, so you know, the weekend, just the week, just was very hard for very hard from him you know just just building up so he just wanted to put in he's has got high expectations you know he trains um trains bloody hard um, he just wants to be a perfectionist so he wants always wants to better his game you know so um yeah so so it's not even question know he's, he's,
3: he's, but, he's oh. come so he's come so far smiley that's the thing i mean uh, you know from those routes there in the coastal to to be deemed to be two years um, World Rugby Player of the Year, I mean, the best player in the game coming from, uh, yeah. from those roots that you've just talked about. It It's an astonishing thing to look at from any point of view, but uh, for him to take it in his stride and, and just carry on, is, I think is the feature, and uh, to reflect on it as a parent, uh, it's almost, I mean, and not many get to do that.
7: Yeah, I, I know. We we were we we're extremely proud of Bowden's achievements and but yeah, that's just the, the sort of kid he is. He just you know, he puts puts everyone, you know, before himself and and, and honestly Smithy the, the the second time over there he was yeah, I mean he was he honestly didn't think he played good enough to to get it as I mean the first year he was you know, I'd seen a few highlights Someone sent us a few highlight reels, you know, just as the way what he did that year and but it's all round Someone sort of explained to me of you know that it's not just on the field; it's all around attributes of you know picking up that award. that's off the field, um, uh, stuff as well, you know. But and obviously that second year, he didn't think he was worthy of it, and he was he was well. I wouldn't say he was embarrassed, but he just you know didn't he can sort of well, you know, he walked up there and, and claimed the prize as though well. he was sort of you know well, um, didn't expect it. You know, I mean that's the sort of guy he is. You know, he's you know what's um, you know most guys would get up there and you know. Take it both hands, but he was sort of well, not reluctant, but you know, just got, didn't think he would play well. you know, for both standards, as good as he had the year before, but but still, some that he was he was good enough to um take the award, you know. So it just yeah, it just goes to show what um you know, goes through sure his uh goes through
3: sure his mind. What well, can you give us your honest thoughts? Uh, both uh, both you and Robin, when you first heard that he was going to the Blues, I mean, you know, Hurricanes for such a long time, Taranaki, I know Taranaki associated with the Chiefs now. But hurricanes really smiley to be fair, and all of a sudden he becomes the blues. What did you have anything to say at that point?
7: Um. Yeah, initially I was, you know, because I'm Hurricane Sir and true, You know, I mean, even you know, with Scotty, um, you know, the Crusaders. I mean, well, that's that's. I mean, that's what Scotty got to do. I, you know, I'm right behind him. You know, two hundred percent, and when bode. I mean, Bo'd, he played a hundred games. He played the. Oh crikey! How many years? Nine years, I think. I can't remember off the end of but I mean, he'd like I say, he'd, he'd given everything to them, and I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, it sort of struck me by surprise, really. And um, but I thought at the end of the day, well, I mean, Hannah was up there, you know, his family's up there, that's where they wanted to live, and it just made more sense. I know Dan Carter, you know, travelled to Canterbury, but um, they mm. so thought, well, you know, I've given. I mean, he loved the Hurricanes. Through and through. I mean, he owed giving to the Hurricanes. I mean, you know, he wouldn't be where he is now if it wasn't for the Hurricanes. So it was a hell of a decision for him. I mean, he just didn't chew it over, and you know, two weeks, he, it was, you know, it was, it was uh, six to a six month or twelve month decision, you know, for him to to make. And you know, at the end of the day, um when sort of said, well, you know, it's he doesn't owe the Hurricanes anything. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that were a bit ticked off, you know, but I mean, you know, he'd given them a hundred games and he'd won them a championship. So, um, yeah, um. It is what it is, you know, and so, um, you know, we we were 100% behind bugs, you know, just go up there and if there's more to, I mean, families, everything, which is, you know, you can see where it's sort of a kitty is, is, um, it would have been a strain on, on Hannah and, um, well, you know, um, little Billy now, you know, so, you know, just travelling, so they're up here, want to get settled down and, um, you know, obviously went to Japan, so that was, uh, that was a bearing, like he wasn't there too much anyway, but this year he'll be there and, um. Yeah, I mean, we'll, um, we'll see him put the Blues jersey on. And, and yeah, he'll
3: give, he'll give it 200% for the Blues, you know, just like any other team. Look, just finally, um, I mean, a lot of people would love to and do have sons play for the All Blacks. But, I mean, your, your chest must just burst when you see them all lining up together at that damn national anthem. I mean, you, you, as a father, you must just think, hell's teeth. And how the hell do you watch a game of rugby live when you've got three sons playing in that, the damn thing?
7: Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really special. We are, um, you know, we take nothing for granted. Um, you know, e- every time the boys' names are read out, you know, um, when well, when name was first read out, you know, God, we celebrated it. You know, we had a few drinks that night and, and same with, uh, Scotty and then Geordie. And, um, it's just something we just, you know, we're just truly blessed to have, you know, but, you know, we alone to have one, one, you know, um, one or black, you know, three is just is just out of this world. So it's sort of um yeah, it's like a, we just take every yeah, we just take every um, um every I mean, um the boys are there, like so we, we just cherish every moment because we know one day that's you know, um well, you know, the weekend, you know, the boat could have had a career-ending injury or, or Geordie that fact, you know. So, I mean, we just, we just take every game. We just, we're just so blessed that they're there, you know. And we just cherish every moment. So, that's why, um, yeah, that's why just, we just love watching them. And but saying that, I mean, Robins, she's she's terrible. I mean, she walked, she got hot and flushed, you know. About five minutes in, she had to go and have a shower and cool down and come back. But you, yeah, she, she's she's he's had to go for walks up the road after a game but you can't take the stress anymore but um, yeah I'm sort of healing the piece I sort of yeah tried to contain it but I mean it was uh, um, it was very hard really especially when Bode was you know crucial tight games where you know Bode got sort of a bit of a reputation to be the sort of money man at the end to come on you know the um, super sub you know to, to do something and um, yeah you just sort of relieved that it sort of comes off at the end or they get the result you know so that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just expectation, too. You've got the three boys in. You just want them to play well. I mean, you don't want them to make mistakes and that. And it's sort of, we carry that pressure, too, you know, just wanting to put in a good performance, you know, at the end of the day. So, and, yeah, I mean, sure, most of the time they do. So, you know, we can, after the game, we got full, thank God for that, you know. I mean, it's, it's sort of like that. It's sort of, yeah, you sort of say, well, thank God for that. Most of the time, you know, we get, we get the result, you know, so, yeah.
3: Hey Smiley, absolute pleasure to catch up with you. Um, uh, it's been a wonderful uh, thing watching the Broden play to this point. He's got a lot more left in him and of course um, to Scotty and, and to Geordie as well uh, and congratulations to you and Robin in particular on what you've done and the, the sacrifice you've made. I think we've all been the beneficiaries of it as New Zealand rugby fans. So uh, keep on enjoying it mate and uh, thanks so much for your time this morning. Please, please enjoy. That's that's well, a pleasure, um, so It's uh, for you to be on the show. Have a good day, eh? Yeah, cheers. Good on you. Kevin Smiley Barrett there, folks. Uh, father of, man, whew, the pride. The pride just must burst every single day um, that um, uh, he watches those kids run out. And they're just his kids at the end of the day. They're just his kids. Uh, 1022 here on SENZ when we come back. It will be panel time talk the opinions the
0: panel talk,
3: talk, talk to me, yeah. Yeah. two-part panel this morning a quick uh, go before uh, the news at 10:30, and then we'll come back in earnest as well uh lavina good with us this morning mark hinton uh, mark just had a quick chat with kevin smiley barrett uh the barrett family story is uh, quite unique and uh, bodie getting that hundredth at the weekend and playing pretty damn well
6: yeah, absolutely. Um, fantastic engagement, wasn't it, for, for Bowden and good to see him um, you know, taking another real step back towards being the Bowden Barrett we all recognise and know and love. Um and and, you know, it's been a great challenge for him, uh, seeing off Richie Mulanger, hasn't it, Smithy? And uh you have to think after uh, that performance. He's now reclaimed the number one position in, in, a, in a what is a fantastic battle for that number 10 jersey. Bowden Barrett is well and truly back and that performance um, at the weekend against Wales. showcased that.
3: Levine, I'm a bit of a, of a romantic. We just talked to his dad, and uh, I, I loved hearing those stories of the kids growing up and the competitive nature of the kids and that, but to have three, to have, imagine <laughs> three All Blacks all, all at the same time in the same damn team standing in front of you, uh, singing the National Anthem, doing the Harker. Good God.
2: Yeah, what a family. What a I Honestly, it's incredible when you think about it. And when you hear them, they spoke so humbly about their family and, and listening to the sentimental moments of them growing up. It's just such a gorgeous story. And speaking of a gorgeous story, whoever wrote that Hollywood script at the weekend so that the man playing his 100th game could score the first try and the last try, it was absolutely insane. Could you believe that? It was like someone wrote a script for it for Bodhi. Like, amazing event so um, he's running his parts were, were with him and hoping that he had an outstanding... And no one wanted him to start from the bench. No one at all wanted voting to start from the bench. That was awesome stuff. I loved
3: it. Yeah, uh, there's certainly a bit of a romance about that. Um, we've come to you a bit late this morning. We've got to take a news break. When we come back, more concerted stuff, um, in particular a couple of things, flavours of the day. Uh, it's uh, news time with Trudy. Here on ACNC.
0: TikTok, big opinions, the panel.
3: Uh, Mark Hinton and Lavina Good uh, with us this morning, and Lavina, a significant day, the first of November, in rugby league circles, the NRL, because it opens up that trade type window. Uh, I, I surely I, I didn't read this right that uh, the Warriors have let their recruitment boss go at this time.
2: Yeah, well, I don't think they've let him go. He, um, he got a phone call from Wayne Bennett and Wayne Bennett said, we're looking for a, a recruitment officer. So Peter O'Sullivan and all his loyalty for the Warriors over the years straight away said, tell me how much and I'll come running. Um, I don't probably support the views of many people but with Peter O'Sullivan. I haven't enjoyed what he's done over the years for the Warriors. I'm glad to see him go, to be fair. The timing's crap, absolute crap, because I know the Warriors are trying to get Joey Manu from the Roosters and also Nia Kore from the Eels across the line. And I also know that Peter O'Sullivan has been working with those players as a recruitment officer. So if we find out those players go to the Dolphins, you'd certainly be questioning the integrity of Mr O'Sullivan. But honestly, Smitty, over the years, I think the biggest problem for me in terms of him being the recruitment officer is it's just been the one-off five. and. I know who was really responsible for Adam and blake coming, but that's just a, a player that's going to hang around for a couple of years, a journeyman, put in an effort and go. And similar to Reece Walsh coming across as an 18-year-old, you know, at, at this stage, is he the best guy for the Warriors? I'm, I'm sure he's a very talented player and I love watching him play but we also know that he takes cocaine um, in nightclubs. So is that another great purchase for this club that we also love and adore? What the Warriors needed from the recruitment officer is someone with a co-papa, someone that shared the values of keeping the players in the country, not letting players like Papa Lee go over to the Eels and have the best ever year that he's ever had because he's left the Warriors. Mamal is left the Warriors. has left the Warriors. Fisiahi has left the Warriors. It's endless. And what did Peter then bring to us? A couple of superstars along with a few others like Kane Evans who was an absolute waste of money. If I was a Warriors owner, actually, I'd be really pissed right now at Peter O'Sullivan for purchasing Kane Evans. That was a waste of coin. So I, I'm not afraid to say goodbye to Peter O'Sullivan. I think it's a great thing for the club. Timing-wise, it's really poor as the Warriors are trying to get final deals to get these coins across.
3: Interesting, uh, Lavina. I love, I love the way you, you, um, you sit on the fence. It's just absolutely fantastic. I enjoy it every time we have you on. <laughs> uh, hey, Mark, uh, I'll just move across the cricket here at the moment. I'll tell you why I'll move across the cricket. is because I'm loving the, the way we played the other day uh, against India. We went too bad against Pakistan, and I, I kind of sense we're going to be there or thereabouts at the sharp end of this one as well.
6: Absolutely, Smithy. Look, I, 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 there's a lot of pressure on me here to match Lavina's passion and uh, commitment to, to her cause. They're fantastic. Good luck, mate. Uh, and Good I gotta luck. Say, yeah, I've got to say, Lavina, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, just, just before we move on to the Black Cat, Smithy, um, t- uh, hard not to agree with what Lavina said. The Warriors are uh, not noted for their great signings. And uh, if, I was there, if I was there, I'd be concentrating on retention, and development of talent are not necessarily going offshore. Mm. But anyway, the Black Cats, you're rightly excited to see. They are back well and truly in the mix. And were they ever really out of it on the back of one kind of middling performance against Pakistan? Probably not. Should we have been surprised they beat India? Again, probably not. Their record against them, as you know, is absolutely fantastic. So they are absolutely cast-iron contenders again now, but they've got to finish the deal, don't they? Afghanistan loom is that kind of danger, outfit mm, that is very mm. capable on those pitchers there up in the Middle East of, um, of causing a bit of consternation over these last uh, remaining rounds and still being in the mix so let's see how it plays out but if they keep their eye on the Bullsmithy, they are very much a chance, probably could end up getting a red hot England team in a semi and look, wouldn't that be sweet given um, mm. I guess what played out against England in another limited-overs tournament not so long ago. So um, they are in the mix. I think they've got a, You know a lot more about this than me, Smitty, but I think they've got a little bit to tweak with their batting line-up, but they're bowling mm. well, and that's the key thing on those pitches, and I just want to see more of Devin Conway. I think he's getting in too late.
3: Mm. Yeah, I, I totally me agree think. with you on that. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I look at it and, and uh, I think to myself, we've got uh, what we haven't had in the past. Uh, we've got combinations and bowling debt. But we've got a belief, Lavina, that seems to, and, and you look at it on their faces, they, they don't look surprised when things go well, when they dominate anymore. They look as if that's their job and they're doing it pretty well on a regular basis. A full-on apology. I'm a
2: of the weekend I thought they played like crap against Pakistan, and I thought they definitely lose against India. And I was questioning the draw as well. I'm like, what a crap draw! You lose two games, you can't get through to the final. Now we know that they can beat Namibia, Scotland, um, Afghanistan and, and and remain in the competition. But I really critique the the batting lineup, and um, I you know I, I, I love gutful I really do, but I. Real got to please stand up, please stand up, up like you did in 2016, which was a long time ago. 2016 was a long time ago. So I'm putting out the
3: apology. Uh, just got a bit of a bad line uh, with uh, Lavina at the moment. I'm not quite
2: sure
3: whether the whether the Warriors have uh, got. Got a hold of your line, Lavina, and, and put some sort of cyber interference in there. I'm not quite sure about that. Um, uh, Mark, let's uh, let's just uh, uh, stay um, uh, on that cricketing theme as well. Um, I, I kind of I, I, I look at India. India is an interesting one for me because I've always been the yardstick, and they've got this situation now where they've they seem to be top heavy. They, they've got a lot of cooks, uh, and they don't seem to have um, uh, too many. Uh, actually meet-and-drink type players. Um, and uh, for a side that tries, and a country that tries to rule a roost, uh, I don't know if they've been in a, in a weaker situation. Yeah, they're yeah, feeling
2: absolutely. quite vulnerable at the yeah. moment.
3: Go, oh.
2: mm. okay, Mark. You well, take it where away, Where are you
6: going,
2: Lavina? No, no, you're back. You're back. Look <laughs> at Yeah, I, did, I left you momentarily. I had a knock on, it. It. on the door. It was it was the war owner knocking on my door. i just got to tone it down a bit. <laughs>
3: Well, I I like to see India struggling, Lavina. That that's what I think the point I'm trying to make. I love it because just, they just they rule so much in the game and they dictate so much. They play the IPL when they want to, and everyone has to stand still and make room. I I, I just love it.
2: Me too. I have been to India on four occasions, twice socially and twice for work. And as you know, Smitty, every literal piece of blade of grass is played upon by a young cricketer. So they're very passionate about their sport, and they've always supported it. But they showed a vulnerability, I do believe. And it was interesting to see the coaches come out for India and critique them for not being brave enough to take on the Black Caps. So it looks good. And it's also generated more interest in the competition. I'm really pleased for the Black Caps on the back of that poor effort against Pakistan.
3: Hey, hey, Mark, can I just jump in on one that's just emerged to us this morning? Uh, Did you have any insight into uh, Joe Smith going to the Blues as a support coach?
6: Yeah, I hadn't heard it was this imminent. I know they've been sort of um, sniffing around, as a lot of people in rugby have been, since the 2019 Rugby World Cup, Um, and he finished up with Ireland. Joe Schmidt, a very highly respected international rugby coach, um, back to New Zealand, as we know uh, has taken some time to spend with his family um, and and needed that time um, after a long stint offshore. But, yeah, the Blues have definitely been sniffing around. This is a big get for him. Announced today as a... um, support coach is the term they've used. So they've given them a little bit of a loose role and it's kind of going to be a mentor type role in their, in their sort of rejig coaching setup up with Tana Umanga leaving it over the off season. So they bring him in um, and, as well as a new defence coach in Craig McGrath and um, I think Joe Schmidt's going to be very much his mentor, a young coach sort of making his way in the world and so uh, this is a great pick up for the Blues. Joe Schmidt knows his stuff. This will ease them back into New Zealand rugby without having the pressure, I guess, of a hands-on day-to-day type role and get them yeah. back into a blue setup up to add some depth to what they're doing there. Uh, let's not forget the um, certain Roger have asked to have making his debut for them in 2022. I mm. think the more expert hands-on him, the better.
3: Yeah, good point. Very, very good point, actually. Uh, Mark, uh, Melbourne Cup tip, uh, first Tuesday of November, I'm sure you've been in a few uh, media office sweeps, etc. over the years. Have you got one for us?
6: Well, listen, um, it's hard to look past incentivizers, isn't it, Smitty? But the favourites never win the Melbourne Cup, do they? Just absolutely never win. So um, um, if I was going to look outside of incentivised, I like... The look of um, New Zealand bred Aussie trained mare, very elegant. Look, it's, uh, it, it's going to mm. be up against it. It's draw is terrible. Nineteen. It's carrying a little bit more weight than it did last year, but it's been racing well. If it gets a good run, it's got James McDonald on board. I give I give her a chance um, for, to return a bit of money for you. But look, mate, it's the Melbourne Cup, and it's in many ways it's one of the great races because anything can happen and anybody can win. <laughs> If you're ever going to have
3: a putt, this is the race to do because you can win some Bitcoin. Anything can happen. Good on you, uh, Mark uh, Lavino. We, we we must get an opinion from you because uh, we haven't had one yet this morning. Um, a Melbourne Cup, <laughs> a, possible, a possible possible Melbourne Cup winner for you.
2: I love the Melbourne Cup. I'm, I honestly love it. It's one of my favorite events. And my daughter was born on the 2nd of November, 18 years ago. It's her birthday today, in and Spitty. So 18 years ago. And for the past 18 years, I've been putting money on number 11 and number 2. And every time I get a freaking donkey, I swear to God. And this year, <laughs> this year is the year for me. Number 2 is incentivized winner. A winner has to come through this year for the first time ever, and I'll win money. And I won't be giving it to her; what? I'll be taking it straight down to the pub. Or
3: oh. <laughs> well, you can take her to the pub, can't you? Or is she not with you. Well, at the I moment? can now,
2: mate. I know. Yeah, I yeah. can take her to the pub. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and, and she can she can actually go up. Or that she can't go to the bar at the moment. But when they when they come to your table, she can actually order and pay now. Isn't that nice? It's
2: happening. The payment table. That's
6: questionable. Smithy,
3: what is this thing you speak of, a pub? I do not know of it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I live in Auckland. That, that, was, Auckland. That, that was great. Okay, well, you live in Auckland. Hard luck. Okay. Um, uh, but enjoy anyway. Enjoy the day. Uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, Mark Hinton and Levin are good. Uh, as I said, we're the panellists this morning, uh, and that was uh, great. We'll have another one uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, we're going to have Butch Castles after 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, and he'll uh, give us some uh, more information regarding the big race it's also a race day today at Tarapa uh, when we come back we've got a, a lot of text to read out although they've just disappeared off my screen for some reason which is a bit annoying uh, and uh, we'll, we'll try and read those out and also we'll visit the TAB and see what's going on there and talk to Louis Herman What
0: Stumps to behind the mic you're in safe hands it's mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: Yeah, 10.47, we've just been advised uh, that the uh, future score has been scratched out of the Melbourne Cup. Now, future score is 100 to one shot, so it probably wasn't going to win the race. But uh, ironically, what it does move, that the horses outside uh, that barrier drawer um, come in one. Um, So uh, future score was drawn at 15. The ones outside come in one, uh, which means very elegant comes into the dreaded 18 gate. Why is it dreaded? Um, apparently, I heard this morning, no horse that's drawn 18 has ever won the Melbourne Cup. So, uh, very elegant. Uh, It's a a real decent chance in the race, particularly if she's right. Uh, She uh, performed beautifully last year in the event. I don't think she was given all favours by Mark Zara, but she's got uh, James McDonald on this time around, so uh, uh, Chris Waller wouldn't line her up if he didn't think she had a chance. Keep those uh, uh, coming in. Double eight, double three. we want your name, where you're from, your account, TAB account number, and the code word Melbourne. We need that to come in. Uh, and those people that are lucky to get out of the drawer into the Punter's Club today uh, that will be announced uh, around 4 o'clock this afternoon as they begin the drive show and the boys take over as well uh, with the Punter's Club our special edition of the Punter's Club. Uh, when we return uh, we will go to the TAB ourselves and uh, we'll also talk to Louis Herman
0: Watt
8: The Love Racing NZ update Your home for everything Thoroughbred Racing. Visit loveracing.nz, Racing's
0: biggest fan.
3: And yes, he is one of uh, Racing's biggest fans. He is Louis Herman Watt. And here we are. We're uh, hours away from uh, one of the great race days of the year, without doubt, Louis. um, I would imagine you're hugely excited, but hugely informed as well. And that's what we need. What can you tell us?
1: Yeah, well, Smithy, I'm tied to the desk. That's why I'm not down in the studio. I haven't been able to get down in time. I'm
3: just head in the form,
1: trying to work out what's going to go on today. It's just it's a great mystery as well as the great race, isn't it? I was just trying to explain to someone in the youth room just before, though, about the kind of different race that is this year. You know, they were saying, oh, favourites never win. Favourite will never win the Melbourne Cup. Um, You get told every year the favourites are certain. I was thinking, well... The thing, the irony, the, the true irony about the Melbourne Cup is that you never really know who's going to win because there's so many chances. You've got the European form mixed with the American form, mixed with, you know, the true staying form. You're doing the pedigree form. But this year, and I've thought long and hard about this, and I didn't want to have my arm twisted so simply, but the closer Incentivise gets to $3, the closer I'm getting to saying, if you're not on, you're a moron. I just
3: think he's different, Smithy. I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree. I've never been more certain um, of a Melbourne Cup winner. I think, well, not in recent memory anyway. Uh, he just, uh, he's just a different animal. He's in a different league. Uh, I read an article this morning where Jimmy Cassidy said he just wins. And he knows what it's like to sit on a, a champion horse and what they look like, particularly at Cup time. Uh, Louis, it's a huge race day. Any anything else possibly you might make a buck on leading into the cup or after?
1: I'm I said it this morning. I'm interested in uh, oh, I'm interested in race three at Tarapa. Actually, hit the road Jack with the claim if it can get out in front and bowl along. I think it could be hard to pin down with Aaron Lace a good front riding uh, front riding uh, rider. And the the clear threat for me is Hail Damage, which is in from ten dollars to seven, number nine for Richie and Murray. Um, but I'll probably have a bet on both of those in race three. And then uh, Lana Cord and the feature of the day at Tarapa. Gee, it's a good day, Smithy, On a Tuesday. We don't deserve this. We don't deserve this, mate.
3: Huh, we do. We absolutely do. The nation deserves it through uh, um, the, the chance to just break out. And if wherever you are, let's just hope you can do uh, a little bit of that. Paul Mawari, probably one of the busiest men in the country today because he's uh, all guns blazing at the TAB. Uh, Paul, good morning to you. Uh, early signs of punting trends, uh, are they going, are they sticking with incentivize, or are we finding something else? Uh,
8: it's certainly, the, the favourite incentivize has certainly been very, very well backed. Uh, now at $2.70 uh, to win the Melbourne Cup. Of course, eight months ago, uh, this horse was yet to win a race, um, and mm. now has won nine on the trot including its last start victory in the Caulfield Cup and looking to become the 12th horse to do the Caulfield Melbourne Cup double in the same year. Uh, and the first one since Kiwi Wondermere Ethereal did it back in 2001. So $2.70 on Incentivise at the moment. The biggest bet we've had on Incentivise so far, a $20,000 bet at 250 had a ten thousand dollar bet at two seventy, and a nine thousand dollar bet at two thirty. So, yeah, they're certainly very, very keen to back the favourite there. And I guess with the form line and the dominant way that he won uh, the Caulfield Cup, you'd have to uh, you'd have to say a very, very good chance. Of the Kiwis, very elegant. Has also seen uh, a wee bit of support. She's fifteen dollars to win the Melbourne Cup. Of course, ran seventh in last year's edition has James McDonald aboard this time. Um, so even though she's drawn a wide gate, she should be able to get across without too much trouble and hopefully sit a little better place than she was in last year's race. But the big story, Ocean Billy, now into $41. I thought that we were only going to be taking bets from Rotorua. I think we're taking a bet from just about every single person in New Zealand. Um, we have a ridiculous liability on Ocean Bully, and if he waves to the crowd uh, as he goes past the finishing post and wins today, the doors will close here at Petone. Fair income. I'll give you the tip right now, Smitty. Uh,
3: the doors. What, so where's this come from? Is this just Kiwi sentimental money? Or, uh, or, or as you say, I mean, where's it, where's it come from? Because no one's really talked about it apart from the great story of an owner who's come through the ranks to get this far.
8: Well exactly He's the pride of Rotorua Of course won the 2021 Auckland Cup Over the two miles So we know he'll get the distance Uh, Of course the the quality of the field In the Melbourne Cup A step or two up from what he faced in the Auckland Cup But well if you can get the 3200 metres I guess you're a bit of a chance The biggest bets we've had On Ocean Billy We've had two $1,000 bets at $51 uh, And a number of $200 $200 bets as well It's, uh, I think there's a wee bit of sentimentality going on there um, Oh yeah, honestly
0: I, I don't know what I'll be doing tomorrow if uh, Ocean Billy gets up Day or night Summer or winter He's the sound of sport in Aotearoa This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ
4: the turn, where Linesman raced up and joined Might and Power, the brothers, Cassidy turn around the bend together, Linesman under the weapon, Might and Power, they lead from Yobro third, entering the straight, Grand Masters coming home along the inside from Sapio, here comes Doremus for the run Arabian Story is next and then Viali, Might and Power shook off Linesman though, at the 300 he raced out by two lengths with Doremus challenging Ebony Groves getting a rails run, followed by Grand Master and Markham, Might and Power the leader inside the 200, two lengths in front of Linesman and then Doremus on the outside Might and Power the leader Doremus trying hardest coming at him Might and Power and Doremus Doremus getting to Might and Power they hit the line photo oh nothing between them Doremus or Might and Power in a close go and the numbers are in the frame number three Might and Power has held on to win the Melbourne Cup by a nose from Doremus
3: well, one of the great uh, memories of the Melbourne Cup as Might and Power it went uh, back to back as uh, in terms of uh, the Caulfield Cup, uh, Melbourne Cup, and of course it was ridden by our very own Jimmy Cassidy, the man they call La Pampa. Some of us are lucky to play on Melbourne Cup days, others are not so lucky. They have to work, and someone who's at work today at Tilrapa, because the first race is around 53 minutes away, is uh, Andrew Butcher-Castles. Good morning to you, Andrew. Significant day in the code. Yeah, it sure is, Ian. Good morning to you. It's uh,
9: a great day, isn't it, Melbourne Cup Day? I can I vividly remember back as a kid watching Kiwi uh, win a Melbourne Cup at school, Empire Rose, the big mayor getting the job done. Uh, So many great memories of uh, so many of these uh, races and today's a day that racing gets to show off, to shine. It becomes centre stage, it takes the sports news, all of those uh, types of things that we struggle with uh, on every other day of the year. Melbourne Cup Day allows that luxury for racing to shine and... We're doing it in the sun here at Tarapa today, obviously with the uh, found boundary around Auckland. Normally Ellerslie, a hive of activity, Melbourne Cup Day. That can't happen today, but uh, we are able to race, continue the wheels of uh, business flowing only for participants uh, at Tarapa today. No public, uh, under strict biosecurity measures. And uh, thankfully, the industry is able to uh, keep turning uh,
3: on. Well, it's interesting, you know, everything goes on hold for Melbourne Cup. And I noticed, but you've got an hour five gap uh, over that Melbourne Cup type running period to make room for that. So I think that's probably just a reflection too on on how it, that one race grips everything and becomes all, of, all important, the most important thing.
1: Yeah,
9: you're dead right. Look, it, it, you know, I was at Ellerslie for a long time and that gap um, that you had when you've got big crowds certainly uh, allows all of the betting. It's so noticeable how much betting there is in that time leading up to the Melbourne Cup. Of course, today, It'll be uh, really interesting. I know uh, the TAB, uh, the website, will come in under unprecedented pressure because of the fact that the retail outlets in Auckland and Waikato, or large parts of the Waikato, are closed today. So they're really encouraging people to bid early um, and not wait for that late uh, opportunity with the late surge. Uh, so, um, yeah, you're right. That, that gap uh, normally is to cater for uh, the mad rush into the Melbourne Cup and the focus on the Melbourne Cup. Hopefully people can spread out uh, as the uh, afternoon uh, gets on and and those experienced punters of us are able to get a few uh, bets on and and not in that final five or ten minutes.
3: Butch, so many great stories around the Melbourne Cup. I mean, they have written books about it, uh, to be fair, because of its history, its great legacy that is left for the game. But um, New Zealand have always had a bit of magic uh, attachment to it as well. And there is today as well, uh, with uh, Ocean Billy starting, of course, uh, the Auckland Cup winner. Uh, we know that, but this is uh, a fantastic story of this uh, this Māori gentleman from uh, Rotorua, coming good for this special day.
9: Yeah, you're right. Look, it's an incredible story. Bill Taumari, um, reading about it uh, during the week, kicked out of home at uh, 15, uh, lived under a bridge at one ta- start, stage of his life. Uh, look, he uh, has uh, had a, an interest in horses and a love of horses for a, a long, long time, and he came good with a horse called Ocean Billy. In fact, right here at Tarapa on uh, Sky City Hamilton Waikato Cup Day, uh, he uh, stood up to the big stage and won the Waikato Cup. Uh, he then uh, went out and won the Barfoot and Thompson Auckland Cup. And at that point, Phil Pomari said, we're going to be at uh, Flemington on the first Tuesday. Of course, the world been a bit pear-shaped in the interim and uh, he unable to be there called on ex-Kiwi Chris Waller to take over the training. He gave him, I think, three preparatory runs here in New Zealand. Uh, Waller's had him under his tutelage. He ran in the Caulfield Cup, and a pretty good run as well. And now he'll run in the Melbourne Cup, uh, in Bill's colours, but under the uh, tutelage of Chris Waller. Interestingly, Bill has a couple of sons who live in Melbourne, and they'll be there today representing the family, representing uh, the um, Rotorua people, really. Uh, And uh, they will, of course, uh, celebrate long and hard, should Billy be able to do the unthinkable and win a Melbourne Cup today. He's proven at the two miles, that'll help, but yes, it's uh, the culmination of uh, a life's work and an amazing story of Bill and Susie Pomari.
3: Okay, Butch, uh, we know um, you've you've got some great memories of it yourself. I'm going to play you a little bit of uh, audio now uh, and you might be able to relate a, a great message behind this one. Passing the 350 metre mark,
4: Damien Oliver sends Media Puzzle to the lead ahead of Vinny Rowe who can't find. And back behind them is Beekeeper, distinctly secret, fantastic. But Damien Oliver riding with the spirit of Jason, out by three on Media Puzzle. I think he's got the cup run. Beekeeper Mr Pruden are running on from Vinny Rowe, but it's Media Puzzle clear and Media Puzzle. Damien and Dermot have done it. Media Puzzle beats Mr Pruden,
3: Beekeeper. Al Butch, tell yeah, us about that, because dry. that was, yeah.
9: Sorry, Ian, you go.
3: Just, um, what? I was, I was going to say, uh, uh, really, as you say, there was hardly a dry eye, uh, and um, it was it was almost like fate this particular Tuesday. Yeah, it was.
9: There's so many great stories around the Melbourne Cup, and in my eyes, this is one of the very, very greatest looks Tragically, Damien Oliver's brother Jason was killed in a riding accident uh, in the week leading up to the Melbourne Cup. Uh, he uh, shot across to uh, Perth to be with the family and, and agonised for a long time and took counsel from his mother in particular because, tragically, the, the, their father had been killed in a riding accident as a jockey as well. So, look, his mother said to him that Jason would want him to ride in the Melbourne Cup. He went out uh, and rode a uh, media puzzle for Dermot Weld. He... Uh, The the laconic Irishman waited and waited and waited for Oliver to make the decision, left it solely to him. He took counsel, as I said, from his mother, and they decided that he would ride for Jason. He rode in Jason's jodfers in his breeches that day. You'll see when you watch close up, it doesn't have D Oliver on the the silks, it has uh, J Oliver. So he rode in his brother's breeches, he stood up in the irons and saluted the heavens after the post, And the commentator said something along the lines of, he does it in the memory of Jason. A truly remarkable story by a quite incredible jockey. He rides in his 31st Melbourne Cup today, Damien Oliver. He's 49 and a half years old. If he were able to win it, he would be the oldest. But I doubt that there will be another day in his life quite like when he won on Media Puzzle. And Butch, uh, you
3: know, that is a, a hell of a story. Uh, but then again, you, you, you flash forward a, a few years to 2015 uh, and the great story of Michelle Payne, which was, uh, you know, the first female jockey to win the race on uh, Prince of Penzance from a family uh, with a lot of tragedy as well as involved as well.
9: Oh, absolutely. And, look, you know, that both of those have been made movies The CUP. Is the media uh, puzzle story and ride like a girl the um, the Michelle Payne story? Interestingly, uh, you know, um, Frankie, my my ten year old, and, and you know her and love her and look, she she just absolutely adores that movie. We took her, I think, when she was five or six years old, and she talks about it now. And uh, just the story's quite incredible, the adversity that Michelle Payne overcame, the fact. Uh, that a number of the owners didn't want her to ride the horse. Uh, Some of them, in particular, the trainer uh, stuck solid with her, and she won at about 70 or 80 to 1, I think, and and she paved the way. Look, you see so many women in the jockey's room across Australia now, and some of that will be due to uh, the the, the fact that Michelle Payne was able to go out and do what uh, hadn't ever been done before by a female, and, uh, look, just an amazing story as you say I think her mum died in a, in a crash when Michelle was uh, very very young so a big family brought up they were based out of Hawera when they were in New Zealand their brother Patrick now a highly successful trainer after being a, a great jockey and, and Michelle doing the comments on, on TV Channel 10 for uh, the coverage that we saw on Derby Day out of Australia on Saturday so yeah there's just stories each and every time look um, you know the Kiwi story that was uh, put into uh, pictures as well uh, efficient is a, is a great memory I have a, a really dear friend of mine Michael Rod rode efficient when it won the Melbourne Cup uh, and uh, look uh, it's still a, a special uh, moment when you win a Melbourne Cup it, it's with you forever they talk of jockeys and then they talk of Melbourne Cup winning jockeys and that's the difference that's the the, the the effect it can have on people's lives
3: uh, which we, we cannot let you go without a word on um, the race today of course you've talked about the romantic side of it, the business side of it today has incentivised uh, a really warm favourite. Uh, it's a special nag, so what do you reckon?
9: It's quite incredible, isn't it? He's shooting for 10 wins in a row and, and some of them up in Queensland and lesser company, but the last three have been at Group 1 level, including the Caulfield Cup, where I don't think I've seen one as easy as that, maybe since Might and Power did what he did for them all those years ago and, and then came out and won the Melbourne Cup, I suppose he has got to be a nagging doubt about the 3,200 metres, but oh, gee, just the way that he's going up. I suppose 2.70, it's the shortest price they reckon since Farlat, um, but he deserves to be at that price just on what he's done. So I, I struggle to see him uh, being beaten. Pre- Brett Preble's won uh, a Melbourne Cup before, uh, Green Moon uh, he was successful in, and, and look, uh, I know that he has enormous confidence uh, in this horse and centre-wise. Biggest danger for me is the import Spanish mission. I know there's been a, a cloud over his fitness during the week, but seems to have been past uh, fit and clear to run. His form's impeccable in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, look, he ran second at his last start behind Stradivarius. If Stradivarius was in the Melbourne Cup, not only would he be a clear top weight, he'd also probably be, if not the favourite, certainly the second favourite behind Incentivise. So that form will do me as the biggest danger. And I know people like a ruffie, and my best ruffie in the race is Kursan, who ran fifth in the race last year, third in the Caulfield Cup, Caulfield Cup's always been the best guide historically. uh, Look, it's wavered a little bit because of the European invasion over the last 10, 15 years. But now back to the Caulfield Cup, in my opinion, being the best guide and Persan running third. And that would be uh, a really good pointer towards today. And it is at a nice price. But I'll be surprised if the first favourite for a long time doesn't uh, get the Melbourne Cup job done today, number two incentivise.
3: Thank you very much for your time this morning. You've got uh, 43 minutes to make sure everyone weighs out correctly and does everything the right way. Um, but just just for a little Kiwi battler, you know a bloke from Struggle Street that you might know? Uh, you, you haven't got one at Tarapa to get get him a few funds beforehand, have you?
9: <laughs> well, I tell you what, knowing that Kiwi battler as I do, I'd be probably best to try and make it the race before the Melbourne Cup because it could disappear... <laughs> Before oh, then. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so we'll go to race eight the bevan allen memorial
1: and
9: uh, i thought number five miss aotearoa would, would be the one owen patrick Bosson to do the riding, drawn barrier too i think the track will have improved to a dead track by then and uh, i reckon he can give it the gun run and miss aotearoa can get the job done so you've got a couple of dollars a couple of shillings in pocket ready for melbourne cup
3: andrew as always thank you very much for your time um yeah, have a great day at uh, Tarapa and uh, have a great Melbourne Cup day and uh, when the brakes come off and uh, the bars go down we look forward to seeing you down in the bay, mate We really do Look, look
9: forward to it Keep up the good work
3: You're going great guns on that show Thank you Cheers Thank you, Andrew uh, That's Butch Castles, folks Absolute uh, legend of racing and, uh, yeah, uh, another frustrated man who uh, does such a great job with racing and can't have people at the track at the moment Oh, God, don't you feel for them? It's terrible. Uh, anyway, let's move on from that. So how, how about some texts? Uh, morning, in, Uh Back to Therial at Tarapa, fresh over a mile. She was five lengths tailed off last at the 400 metres. One stride past the post, she passed the field like a missile and took the jockey another lap to pull her up. Knew she was special. What a record. She uh, fashioned a truly amazing uh, career that she had. Cheers, Brian. And she was something special. The last horse to win the double, uh and the eleventh horse to do so with incentivize uh bidding to be the twelfth. Smithy I was there in eighty nine when Shane Dye rode terrific. Um twenty thousand three hundred and fifty one Kiwis today I hope. I'll have to read that one again shortly. Twenty thousand three hundred and fifty one Kiwis today I hope. Ocean Billy number eight I've just gone and brought a yellow tie. Lots of laughs. Uh bets get a a winner a bloody tie costs 49 bucks. I'm not kidding got my Brown fishing hat and gym boots, flash suit. I can't wait. Uh, good on you, mate. <laughs> yeah, good on you, mate. And guess who that was from down south there. Might be watching it at the law courts. Um, an interesting one here. Can't agree with uh, more with Levina. POS did nothing for the local talent. Um, and uh, what a fantastic, humble legend of a man that's talking about uh, Kevin Smiley Barrett. Um, I, I Smoothie J.D., uh, what a great comment from Smiley Barrett. The ABs who don't play often enough should be released to play for their provinces. Agree with that, but um, that is a, um, a coaching and selectorial issue rather than their desire. I can promise you that. Um, loved your sermon this morning. Such a shame for a large number of. Such a shame for a large number of workplaces not being able to have sweepstakes, etc. I remember the work sweep in 1997 with might and power. How brilliant! Uh, was a great day. Damo from uh, Palmerston North. Some of the uh, I pick, incentivise Grand Promenade and the chosen one. All the best, mate. Hey, does it matter if I put uh, a cup bit with Melbourne in the code word? No, of course it doesn't, Jared. We'll be looking at them all. Um, an interesting cricket story. John, you might like this um, before we go to a break. Uh, the weekend's rep game, between. Well, I heard about this, I couldn't believe it. The, the weekend's rep game between Manawatu and Wairarapa. Uh, the pitch was incorrectly marked out for 25 yards, so it was over two <laughs> metres too long. This is true. What? This is an official rep game between Rapper and Manor 2. The pitch itself was too, over two and a bit metres too long when they put the stumps in. Um, but it took uh, the umpires 12 overs to figure it out. 12 <laughs> overs to figure it out. So they had to go away and start the game all over again. Can you believe <laughs> that, Stephen? Overs? I know, I know, Stephen, that you're not lying. Um, a lot of our groundsmen around the country would be smiling at that, and some that have just passed away would be looking down, including, including the great where's Armstrong. Get that! that. <laughs> Bowlers bowled a good length, thinking, "Hell, I thought I got that up quite a long way." And you're only it's two metres short of the where I was aiming. What's going on here? what is going on at 12 overs it's nearly an hour of cricket to work it out goodness me 1119 here on ECNZ. back with some more punting information shortly each show i think has been given a certain amount of money uh, and it's our time to make our bets
0: that's right smithy 250 bucks each show so that's 1000 bucks in total then all the profits goes into the punters club of 20 people and so kindly smithy we gave you the 250 bucks but you said no Let's share the wealth and let us all, everyone here on the show, Brian on the panel, Trudy on the news, let's all have a wee punt today for the Punters Club. So who who do you want to start, Smithy? Well, ladies first ladies. absolutely.
4: Thanks, Smithy. I was so chuffed when JD told me that this morning as I was making my coffee. I was like, oh, I felt included. All right, I'm going to do with my 50 bucks a sneaky five horse half box trifecta. So my five horses are incentivized, which is the favourite. Very elegant Kiwi horse. Uh, Johnny get angry because I thought that was a funny name. Um, I'm a bit of an omen punter. Master of wine. Again, that's just because of the name. And I'm throwing in Ocean Billy because of Bill Pomati's homeless uh, back Backstory. I
3: oh love that story I'll tell you what, if that gets up you're going to chuck gonna many, many thousands of dollars Under right? the punters club pool Trudy. So, so that's 30 uh, bucks could... and
4: then $10 each way on Ocean Billy, so there you go 50. Oh,
0: Thank good. you. I love it, that is a great contribution. Okay JD how about you or Brian? Um, I will go ahead of Brian I'm going pretty um conservative smithy, I'm putting on a Quinella for the Melbourne Cup and I reckon incentivise and Spanish mission Those two for the Quinella, 50 bucks on. So keeping it pretty simple. Smithy? Okay, fair enough, John. Uh, Just remember, John, it's not for the Pundits Club. Not for you.
3: It's for the Pundas Club. So (laughs) the word gamble. Look it up in the dictionary at some point, um, especially when you're looking to put it into a large pool. But no, no, don't worry. That's nice. And if it comes off, uh, it'll be great, and the Pundas Club will love it. Brian, what about you?
0: Uh, Okay, so I've gone for a uh, first four boxed on the tote. Uh, going with the two incentivized just because uh, putting in there the five explosive jack because we got a call one day on the good oil from an old bloke who had a dream that the five was going to win the Melbourne
8: Cup so there we go um, putting in the 15 as well because it's got Rachel King on board
0: and she's from the one and where did the first woman to win a Melbourne Cup jump from she jumped from the one okay and the last mm-hmm. horse in there is the number 22 floating artist with Theodore Nugent on board
3: Oh, I like it, I like it, so there'll be money to made make, to be made there if that romps home okay, well um I gave you but guys uh and girls uh fifty bucks each so it leaves one hundred dollars so this is my multi four uh contribution to the pundas club. I'm going to go with profiteer in race six at uh Flemington today race six at two dollars seventy into incentivized to win the Melbourne Cup at two dollars seventy. And uh, a little bit of an omen bet, but it's an omen bet with form. In race 10, there's a horse called Pandemic. Pandemic <laughs> is running in race 10, and that's paying five bucks. You mouldy that up 270 into 270 into five bucks, that'll contribute $3,645 to the Punters Club. Nice. And I believe, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that that is a real possibility on the betting and quality of the horses and riders. I think that's a chance. Okay, so that's. Uh, the morning show, folks, that is, our, that is our contribution. John? Giddy up,
0: giddy up. Uh, yeah, giddy up, absolutely, Trudy. Um, <laughs> just your form on the Melbourne Cup, Smithy. It's a, a tough one to win money on. How have you gone recently in the last few years of your betting on Melbourne Cup Day?
3: Oh, I look not that well, to be honest. JD, not that well. I've, um, I, I tend to look too deeply into it, I think. I, there's so many horses to look at, and you can't know everything about every one. I mean, some people will, but I don't, uh, and I, I look at it. But uh, this thing, this horse just stands out for me. It absolutely just stands out, because every now and then you get one that comes along, you think it's got so much heart, so much stamina. Um, sure, it hasn't run 3,200 metres, but the way it won the Caulfield Cup the other day, you suggested it will. It put away some very good horses that day. I don't think this is the greatest Melbourne Cup field. There's one or two horses over from overseas who we know will probably get the distance, probably is the big word in racing. Um, but I, I just like this horse. I really do incentivize. it just And it's a good story with Peter Moody, who knows how to win big events. I think there's a lot of things going for it. Brett Pebble, the jockey, is uh, going through a, um, a return to the rise in fame. Always been a great rider, but all of a sudden he is going through some purple patch. So I think there's a lot of reasons why Incentivive will be there or thereabouts. Uh, and there's one really good reason why you should pick up the phone and dial 0800 8.11 right now. It's your opportunity to get 50 bucks on Cup Day from the TAB by Stumping Smithy. Good luck to you.
0: Cheer.
7: Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job.
0: There's never been a better day to win 50 bucks from the TAB, I reckon, because it's Melbourne Cup Day, of course, and that's what you want to punt on this afternoon, and you can win 50 bucks from the TAB if you can stump Smithy, and also some daytime revived sleep drops, New Zealand's only specialist range of sleep and stress support supplements, and we're heading down to the mainland where we've got Ryan from Christchurch. G'day, Ryan. Hey, you going, boys, you all right? Yep, very well, mate. Are you feeling lucky today? Are you Are going to punt on the Cup? be rude not to. Absolutely. So who are you tipping? <laughs>
8: I'm looking at a random one. I always go to one that no one talks about. And it's that Persar number twelve. It got
0: fifth last year. Yep. Nice. I think we just had Butch okay. Castle saying that he that was the roughie for him, so yep. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Good luck with that Ryan. I hope um I hope it comes in for you because it'll be at relatively good odds. So Uh, Let's hope that we can find another 50 bucks for you as well to play with. So John, what are the subjects today?
0: Well normally we do give three sporting categories, but today I'm just going Melbourne Cup. Smithy, it's going to be a Melbourne Cup trivia. You get three questions right, you win the 50 bucks in the sleep drops, but get one wrong and Smithy can stump you. So Ryan, question number one. Which horse won last year's... Oh, let's get the music. The atmosphere, sorry. Gosh. Which horse won last year's Melbourne Cup, Ryan.
1: Twilight
4: payment. Just a couple of chips, down no one wicket, right in this slot under where it goes.
0: Twilight payment, Smithy, I think uh, Izzy Dagg's tipping Twilight payment to go back to back. Yeah,
3: well, uh, yeah, I, I don't don't discount it, but it, we know clearly it can get the distance. Just depends uh, if it can back up and how it, uh, it stacks
0: up this year compared to last year, but it's got to run past the centre of so we'll see. Alright, Ryan, well done. Good start. Question number two. Far Lap was the shortest price favourite for the Melbourne Cup in Melbourne Cup history. In what year was that and in what year did Farlap win? Jeez. You're not from Timaru then, just down the road, where they've got a statue of Far Lap? No, race oh. Oh, get Again. That's a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the slot, and where it goes. Smithy Ryan says that's a guess, but it's just ingrained into the psyche, isn't it, of when far lap one?
3: Well, it is. It is, really. Uh, you know, um, there's absolutely no chance that the, the slight delay was because Ryan was on his computer know, on Google. There is no absolute <laughs> truth to that. No, no Money. truth to that at all. So move, move along to question
0: three, John. A steward's inquiry. I'm trying to be, I can't. Oh, there we All go,
3: right. there we go, okay. Oh, he just pulled 1930 straight out of the air. Oh, geez, you're a legion.
0: <laughs> oh, he's got a computer for a brain, brilliant. All right, and for the 50 bucks from the T B for the sleep drops, the final question, who has trained the most Melbourne Cup winners? but oh. that coming. Just a couple of chips down to make it right in the slot and the way it goes. Pretty good there, Smithy. How many Would you know how many Bart Cummings is trained to win the Melbourne Cup? Well,
3: I'm going to say a dozen. Um, he's, he's regarded as the Cup's king, so I'm going to say an even dozen, John. Is,
0: how close am I? Yeah, mate, you are bang on. So you and Ryan know your Melbourne Cup. Well done, Ryan. 50 bucks from the TAB and those sleep drops there for all ages, lifestyle stages and sleeping challenges. But read the label, take as directed, Sleep Drops Auckland. Well done, mate. Cheers, yeah, boys. Thanks.
3: Have a great day, Ryan, and uh, enjoy the Cup as well. Uh, stay on the line and Brian will get your details. 11.36 here on SCNZ, and I'm losing track of what we're doing here, John. I think we're going to do a bit of a Mount Rushmore, so uh, we're going to announce our top four for today's
0: Melbourne Cup. Is that the case? Yeah, mate. Yep, on to it. It's moving fast today, isn't it? We've got so many texts people getting yeah. into the punters' club. Some people still want to talk a little bit of rugby and cricket, but it's all Melbourne Cup today. So, yep, our top yeah. four horses. Uh, for Mount Rushmore who we think are going to finish first second third and fourth today okay we'll do that and yes there is some
3: text to read out uh, some couple of rugby ones as well we're not denying there's something else going on in the world particularly uh, the appointment of Joe Smith uh, has got a few people uh, asking questions so we'll come back with that very shortly
0: Bought in New Zealand out Superman! nothing gets past Smithy this is mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ
3: That is the music that uh, signifies its Mount Rushmore time each uh, Tuesday around about 11.40 John Day Uh, And I put forward our best or worst or whatever um, and lots of forms of sport Uh, Today's a racing day of course so today we've just gone it uh, pretty simple really Uh, Our our best four chances today Uh, So these are the ones that we would uh, box up if we were going to have uh, a serious go in the Melbourne Cup And we are Uh, So this is what I like, and one of the reasons I've gone for these four horses is because when you look at the jockey comments after the race, uh, you hear uh, every now and then that uh, the horse didn't have a lot of luck, Uh, then you'll hear uh, very, very seldomly you'll hear uh, the jockey say it was my fault, it was a poor ride, but most often you'll hear the jockey say the horse didn't get the trip. In other words, it wasn't capable of going that well over the distance of two miles, so That'll be uh, 80% of the excuses you'll hear, it didn't get the trip. So to try and take uh, that excuse out of play, I've gone for four horses, which I believe will confidently get the trip. Um, And they are horses number one, two, three, and 21. So for me, last year's winner, we know it gets the trip, twilight payment. Incentivise, hugely confident that it will get the trip um, and uh, on the back of its Caulfield Cup run and its current form and just straight out brilliance. Number two. Uh, number three, Spanish Mission, uh, who is an overseas raider with form uh, and uh, ran second, as Butch said, to uh, Stradivarius, and that kind of that kind of form uh, marks it down as an absolute champion. Uh, and right down in the weights, number 21, uh, Tralee Rose, is a horse I'm very, very confident will get the, uh, the 3,200 metres today. So that's it for me, John. One, two, three, and 21, uh, Twilight Payment, incentivise Spanish Mission and
0: Trilly Rose. How about you? Yeah, boxing them up's good though, Smithy, but I thought Mount Rushmore was all about putting them in a certain order. You know, that's the number one, that's the number two, that's the number three, that's the number four. So I'm twisting your arm here, Smithy. Who comes first, second, third and fourth out of those horses? Yes.
3: Rightio, okay, well, I, I think, here we go. Fourth will be last year's winner, Twilight Payment. Uh, second, uh, third will be Tralee Rose Spanish Mission will be second Incentivise will win there's my Cornella Incentivise and Spanish Mission but there you go then John since you forced the issue Twilight Payment to run fourth uh, Tralee Rose to run third Spanish Mission to run second Incentivise if you could pick the Melbourne Cup in four in the proper order mate you're a genius you wouldn't, if you could do that you won't be working as a producer anymore <laughs> You'll be good, God! Absolutely. Oh, and you I am
0: it, I'm such a novice and a numpty when it comes to horses, Smithy. So, knowing me, I might have beginner's luck. Um, yeah, not okay, good, good, not luck. good at um Melbourne Cup. Simon Dool, actually, he's a guy who normally makes money out of the Melbourne Cup. He's up in the UAE. It would have been um nice to have him on the show, but anyway, I'm delaying my top four that you're going to rip apart. I'm sure coming in fourth. I have got Very Elegant. I like James McDonald uh, on riding the horse, that Kiwi connection. Seventh last year, I've uh, learnt this morning, but it was not the horse's fault, Smithy. Would you agree? It was the jockey's fault, and I reckon uh, Very Elegant does
3: better. I don't think think Mark Zara gave it a a fantastic ride, and the horse was finishing over the top of them at the end, so I I do believe it, it could have finished a lot closer last
0: year, so don't mind that. Yeah, I'm staying patriotic here as well. I'm going The Chosen One. The only Kiwi horse in the actual race. Uh, Number six, Barrier 5, not bad. Um, I like The Chosen One just for that Kiwi connection, Smithy. So that's my third horse. And then going to number two, favourites never win the Melbourne Cup is something I hear most years uh, with people ripping up their tickets. So I've got incentivised second, which means I'm going for the overseas raider, Smithy. There's not many this year. But I am going Spanish Mission, uh, which is, in fact, what Brendan McCallum is also going for off the breakfast show. And that guy knows how to pick a horse. Well, at least he says so on the breakfast show. So first Spanish Mission, second incentivised, third the chosen one, and four very elegant for me. Smithy? OK, we'll look forward to that, John. I, I do kind of think that
3: Ocean Billy is regarded as a New Zealand horse. I'm not quite sure why you said the chosen one was the only the New Zealand horse. OK. I kind of thought Billy, Billy Pomari's Ocean Billy... Yeah. 'm Not sure you can get much more Kiwi than that, yeah uh, so um, okay, uh, but, but, as you know, as you know, your, your knowledge is uh, waste a period of mine. Uh, so that just that <laughs> winds up our Melbourne Cup coverage, so but uh, there are a, there are a couple of there are a couple of memories uh, uh, coming in by text. Matt from Blenheim says Smithy. My earliest memory uh, that's crystal clear was 1994 Dad 's uh, cousin of wanganui had trained horses for decades and had some good horses in the past. Is she the best? But was now uh, it was now blind. He had a good one called Umpala out of a Sheen. That was a bit stroppy and too hard to work with, given his blindness. He sold to and uh, an Aussie camp and can't remember who, but think it could be uh, Bart Cummings who ended up training him. A long story short, about 18 months after selling him, he ran third to Jern in the 94 Cup at big odds. Been hooked ever since. That's meant, and a lot of people simply do get hooked like that. Hi, uh, Smithy. Happy Melbourne Cup. No, I didn't get a chance to text yesterday. I wanted to text about the cricket. If you look back last week, I picked the Black Caps team. The only change being Milne and for Seifert. I did say I'd open with Conway instead of Mitchell, and although Mitchell batted well as uh, top scores uh, in both games, I still believe Conway should be at the top. Cheers, Craig. Yeah, I, as I, I think I remember saying, uh, you're on the money uh, when it comes to picking those sides because mine was the same as yours, basically. Um, hi, Smithy. Uh, it's come in and what a great comment we've had that one from Smiley Barrett oh yeah here's the one hi Smithy I was looking for uh, in terms of the Blues Uh, unsure uh, what new support coach means hi uh, as he is there to support the supporting the Blues Blues fans aren't used to supporting a winning team and need to relearn this therefore support coach has been brought in to coach the supporters A little tongue-in-cheek there. One uh, tends to think there on that one there. And another one that came in, John, which was very interesting for me, uh, if uh, they wanted to, and he was keen to get back into the coaching or mentoring of rugby, wouldn't it have been a great move for Joe Smith to go to Moana Pacifica uh, and support Aaron Major? Because if anyone's going to need support getting into the high level of this competition from the outset, it's going to be the two new franchises. Not a bad theory, not a bad theory, but... Um, uh, he's chosen to go the Blues way I'm not even sure if Moana Pacifica
0: thought of Joe Schmidt Yeah that would have been a hell of a get for them I think it's just more that like, Joe Schmidt actually has ties to the Blues so I think that's the in here and he's not diving deeply back into a really um hard job because I'm sure mentoring Leon McDonald doesn't need a lot of mentoring, Being a head coach for a long time it's more helping out that support support staff so a bit more low key I think for Joe Schmidt-Smithy because coming into Moana Pacifica, a brand new franchise uh, with quite a new coaching staff etc I think would have been maybe too much work for him and he has come back overseas to be closer to his family to have less work so I think this will just work for him, uh, getting back into his kind of old team and his old role uh, and a great fit for Joe Schmidt at the Blues rather than Moana Pacifica or I'm sure would of love someone
3: like Joe Schmidt yeah interesting so a lot of thoughts here this morning being very very busy on uh, the text line as well um, uh, one from Mike hi guys the big day is here the weather fine the track is firm uh, Andrew Bensley set the occasion didn't he? he's the lucky one he's on track this morning just saying who's out there working around the first of the punters will be on course as we speak 10,000 people allowed to go to Flemington you get the train out there probably uh, from the centre of Melbourne It's a ride of around about 15 minutes from memory, 20 minutes maybe. Um, You you remember the ride there, but you don't remember the ride home, I can promise you. And there will be some messy states at the end of uh, 10,000 people being at Flemington all day, I can promise you that. But Mike says, uh, let's hope the favourite runs the two miles out because my pocket hopes so. Good luck to you and to all the pundas and we say that uh, around New Zealand today. Enjoy it while you can. Uh, It's a a once-in-a-year day. 11.51 here on SENZ, uh, and we'll catch up with Staffy. I'm sure he's got a really busy show to celebrate.